Hello and welcome to episode 189 of the Red Box Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Fallon. And I'm your host, Joel Fallon. It sounded like you dubbed Box. <laughs> I did it, yeah. I kind of did it on purpose because <laughs> people don't know that I screwed up the intro on the first attempt. Uh, yeah, I said the wrong name of the podcast, so there you go. But this is... <laughs> This is a very special episode of the podcast, so I had to get it right. I had to redo the tape because it's the fourth annual Redbox Awards. Dun, dun, dun. It's established in four years. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. This is the end of the year, so we got to honor the year's Redbox uh, releases with dozens of categories of things to yeah. nominate. Yeah, eventually. Our, not, our awards are going to be on DVD boxes. <laughs> yes, After that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, as soon as we make a cent from doing this, maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll put it into that, because that's pretty cool. <clears throat> but yeah, so Redbox Awards, always love doing this episode every year. Um, just a lot of fun looking back. I love listening to other podcasts when they do their top tens or their little year in review stuff so always fun and this year's no different and I put out a tweet earlier tonight saying you know we're about to record this last chance to let us know your favorite movies of the year your favorite Redbox releases of the year performances whatever you want to let us know we'll shout you out and of course our good buddy Edgar Chaput he sent in an email so I will read his selections for a bunch of categories that he gave us. Very appreciate any emails we get, and especially when you go to such great lengths. Absolutely. Uh, And for this, I'm going to make, (laughs) I'm going to award him the first ever, uh, what do they do at the Oscars? A Lifetime Achievement Award. (laughs) (laughs) The uh, Guest Hall of Fame, first entry, Edgar Chaput. He's probably just feeling his oats because he had such a good week with the box office drafts, but we'll let him slide. Yeah, we'll let it go. (laughs) He says, Good evening, gentlemen. I saw a tweet earlier this evening offering listeners a final chance to send in their opinions on Redbox releases of 2016. As a Twitter ally and friend of the show, I felt like I should send something in. We appreciate it. As Redbox is unavailable in my region, what follows is a list of favorites based on everything the show reviewed in 2016 by going through the entire list of 2016 posts in a little guesstimation. So he has Best Rental, The Martian. Finding out how to make poop potatoes has never been this thrilling. (laughs) Best Actor, Ryan Reynolds in The Nice Guys. His squealing in fear is amazing, and I think he means Ryan Gosling. (laughs) <laughs> Not Ryan Reynolds, but I see. <laughs> yeah. I definitely agree. Ryan Gosling is great, and uh, Ryan Reynolds, he's charming as well. Best actress he gives to Kate McKinnon in Ghostbusters. Just plain weird, he says. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> she is good in that movie too. That's a good pick. Best supporting actor, Benicio del Toro in Sicario. Great anti-hero. Best su- absolutely. Best supporting actress, Jessica Chastain in Crimson Peak. Evil bitch. And yeah, if you remember, he came on as a guest to review Crimson Peak with us over the summer. So 
Yeah. Check out that review if you really want to hear more of Edgar Chaput's opinions of that evil bitch. Best director, he gives Ryan Coogler for Creed. Best film club, don't remember what this is. <laughs> Spectre? <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, film club, best film club was the award we used to give out when we did the film club uh, segment each week where we reviewed a classic movie. We kind of lost that. I kind of had a similar question earlier. <laughs> yes, you did. You did. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah, it just... Fell out. I enjoyed doing it at the time, but it's not enough time. It, it sort of just morphed into yeah. What the, else we watched anyway? Yeah, the podcast kind of it has its own evolution through time naturally, and that was one of them. We lost the film club. We've considered doing classic reviews though, uh, as main reviews when there's not something imminent on that came out on Redbox. So yeah. Best score, he gives a Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation. I can't remember the score to that oh, movie, yeah. but I assume it's good. He knows his scores. So. Best cinematography, Sicario, Ugly and Beautiful, all at once. Best special effects, The Martian. Biggest surprise, 10 Cloverfield Lane. We didn't know it existed until two days before it came out, plus it was good. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest... <laughs> Biggest disappointment, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. It's Batman and Superman in the same movie, guys. What happened? <laughs> Agreed. All right. Worst rental, Deadpool. Two-minute trailers were cute, not the two-hour film. Wow. That hot take, courtesy of Edgar Chaput. Uh and I kind of agree with him. <laughs> I'm not that hard on it. No, I'm not that hard on it either, but... I like it. I like the the vigor with he went <laughs> after Deadpool. Best trailer, he gives it to Blade Runner 2049. Best drama, Spotlight. Best action, Sicario. Best comedy, The Nice Guys. Best horror, Green Room. And best animated, I don't think I saw anything that came out on Redbox in 2016 that was animated. Fair enough, fair enough. Best what else we watched, <laughs> he says... You or me? Didn't you review the Mal Maltese Falcon this year? If so, that. <laughs> yes, right. we did, and that might show up in my best what else we watched. Uh, best TV, he gives the Brooklyn Nine-Nine Season 3, quality television. I gave the first uh, season, uh, the first ep few episodes a chance and enjoyed it, but I just never kept up with it. I never heard of it. <laughs> it's a, a comedy on Fox, I believe. Yeah, with fine. Andy Samberg uh, it's pretty good worst performance of the year <laughs> he gives a Red Belt Report crossover Ronda Rousey in that 15 second disaster skirmish from a few, few weeks back <laughs> calling that a fight would be an insult to MMA or whatever the hell that savagery is marketed as I'm gonna feign <laughs> I'm gonna feign uh, rage here and be like savagery what are you talking about? You're a football fan. You want to talk about savagery? Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, scene. I, and I'm scene. all for it. Like I said, I went to nunchuck division. <laughs> yeah. uh, by the way, sorry about your Raiders, Ed. Uh, rough Ouch. end of the season there. They lose their MVP caliber quarterback with like a week left in the season and then lose the first game in the playoffs. Ouch, indeed. 
Uh, okay, so he gave some special categories as well. Red box release, deserving of Oscar glory, Sully. Red box release, I missed in 2016, Sully. <laughs> <laughs> yes, good one, good one. We did enjoy Sully. That was a pretty yeah. underrated movie, I think. Sure. Thanks for another swell year of episodes. Keep up the great work. It's always a pleasure tuning in. Your friend from the north of the 49th parallel, Edgar Shaput. Yeah, really appreciate the email. Uh, always love hearing from Edgar, and hopefully we can get him on the podcast soon to wrap up the fall box office draft, and, and he can brag a little bit after uh, <laughs> having a couple rough years in the beginning there. Yeah, he was too. Yeah, definitely was. Fucking Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, let's get to our awards. Uh, before we get into the actual Redbox Awards, I just wanted to... We each have like a special ranking, year-end ranking we'd like to give since Joel's the video game expert and uh, he's the video game expert. Let's give him a chance to tell us his favorite video games of 2016. Okay, I didn't do... In no particular order this year. Um, first, I'd like to say Mafia 3. Okay. Which is sort of a GTA-ish type game, which didn't totally deliver, but one of the best stories in lived-in worlds I've seen. It's about, like, 19, like, just after Vietnam in basically New Orleans and there's a whole lot of like there's a lot of the cultural thing like racial tensions like uh, for instance if you commit a crime in a poor black neighborhood the police are less likely to come oh really or if you're in a rich neighborhood you are your character is black you're likely to get just like pulled over wow and there's a, a lot of different things like that but it it's really cool got a cool vibe it sounds really good uh battlefield one which is a world war one battlefield game is pretty insane everything's destructible good multiplayer not a bad single player either, actually a bunch of vignettes nice. then i'll also say uh summer game mirror's edge was fun the remake the, the, yeah, it's sort of like a reboot almost. Okay. It didn't totally live up to itself, but if they continue making the game, it's good. I, I like it personally. Uh, and the new one, they basically took out guns altogether. Oh, okay. That's a good idea. So I like that. Yeah. It's semi, semi-open world. And, uh... Besides that, uh, the new Deus Ex game came out. It was pretty good. Oh, and Final Fantasy XV. I haven't had the chance to play through it all yet, but it looks amazing. What I've played is awesome. It's cool. different, but maybe a classic in its own right. Nice. I was interested in that, but of course, I don't play video games. So, <laughs> Early yeah. mobile games. If, all right, here's my game of the year. Let's see. Let me look on my phone real quick. What do I got here? Uh... I got um, Candy Crush. No. Uh, no, I don't know. I just go through a mobile game, like play it for a couple months, then I'll move on to the next. 
that um company from here that used to make real big games they make one of the big mobile games what's it called big huge games oh yeah yeah they're like in Baltimore they made a bunch of strategy games Kingdoms of Avalar uh Dominations I've heard of it yeah I think I've seen like advertisement for it I think it's Clash of Clans like but I like actually looked at it and it's sort of like a civilization type game which is pretty cool yeah Never got into Clash of Clans. Maybe I'll download that after the podcast. <laughs> but uh, check out Dominations. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. So your expertise, video games. I like to think my expertise is podcasts. At least listening to them. And I'll give my top ten podcasts of 2016. And I don't mind giving other podcasts publicity because I feel like if you're a podcast listener, you're not just listening to one or two podcasts. You I yeah, think plus it, what's the matter? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. Anyway, but like me, I'm subscribed for, throughout the year anywhere between 40 and 50 podcasts. So <laughs> I, I feel like if you're a podcast, someone who listens to podcasts, most likely you listen to a bunch. And you're, and you're always, always looking for more or better podcasts to listen to. At least I am. So without further ado. Here we go. Two honorable mentions. I feel bad because really, if I'm going to listen to something, it's worth listening to because there's so many podcasts out there, all 40 or 50 that I listen to throughout the year. Even if I stop listening to them, I usually like them. It's just a, a time factor. But I want to yeah, give a shout out. I listen to, I fall off with, and then I listen to them. Yeah, that yeah. happens too, for sure. Like if I go on vacation one week, all of a sudden I'm bombarded with all these podcasts that I need to listen to, and then... I'll kind of have to delete some with that listening just to be able to catch up. But anyway, two comedy podcasts that I want to give a shout out to. Tell them Steve, Dave, and Keith and the Girl. Uh, Keith and the Girl is a daily show, and it, it's very funny. It catches up on you know different news stories and whatnot. And uh, they're a foundation. I feel like they've been around forever. They're great. Love them. Tell them Steve, Dave is like friends of kevin smith uh, who get together at his comic book shop and just talk crap it's an enjoyable listen uh, if you didn't they make that a tv show for a time well comic book man is still in the air but yeah it's basically uh, okay. those guys plus q from impractical jokers is on there it's good i like it um but to my top 10 number 10 hollywood handbook this is another comedy podcast where these two guys basically are playing characters and they're pretending that they're like insiders to Hollywood and they have a different guest on each week and it's basically just uh, they do a uh, hour long skit or what's it called uh, when you're just going along with stuff you have to yes end really improv yeah basically improving for an hour and it's I mean not every episode is great but most of the time they they hit it out of the park one of the few podcasts will have me laughing out loud and potentially embarrassing myself <laughs> while listening <laughs> to it uh number nine is a a new one that it's not it's, it's actually cheating it's gimlet media as a whole which i i feel you there it's I like do the same thing <laughs> so. 
it's a basically a prod podcast production company, and they have a bunch of podcasts. But I just recently started listening to them in December. Uh, they had a podcast a few years ago called Startup, which was big, and it chronicled them starting up their business of podcasts and gave like uh, insider recordings of negotiations and all this stuff. Really cool concept. For whatever reason, I never listened to it at the time. Uh, I caught up with it uh, at the end of this year when I was looking for more podcasts to listen to, and they also have become successful and put out more podcasts and I've listened to most, if not all of those and enjoy them all as well, including homecoming, which is a, like a scripted podcast. So it's like, uh, uh, I don't know, radio play with Oscar Isaac, Kathleen Keener, uh, Ross from friends, like actually legit voice talent. Yeah. Uh, also crime town, which is like a documentary series, um, that's really, really good, and plenty of other ones as well. So that's my number nine. Number eight, I'm giving it to the Co-Main Event Podcast, a mixed martial arts podcast with two guys, uh, Chad and Ben, who go through three rounds each week about the biggest stories in MMA, and they make it funny and entertaining. It's good. There's a lot of MMA podcasts and not a lot of great ones, and that is one of them. Number seven is the Film Drunk Fratcast, which they hardly ever actually talk about movies. It's more just a comedy podcast with a group of comedians who get together and talk. Uh, it's really good. Uh, they just released their Best of 2016 episode. Uh, and uh, the best part is that they'd have this segment usually once a week where they'll take royalty-free music and get one of the guys, Matt Lieb, to freestyle sing over the royalty-free music. And it's pretty hilarious. Uh, I would buy a CD of just those songs. Number six, Doughboys. A podcast about fast food chains or uh, carry, uh, you know chain restaurants, basically. So they review chilies or friendlies or chipotle but but they they're funny at the same time so it's not just strictly about the food it's also their kind of chemistry together is that they hate each other so they're constantly talking shit to each other insulting each other but it it works out really good that's a new one i found this year thanks to akiva wienaker of 32 fans podcast for recommending that number five a storm of storler storm of spoilers which is started as a, and it is first and foremost a Game of Thrones recap podcast where they uh, spoil it basically with knowledge of the books and looking at production spoilers and stuff. But since the off season, they've been going through like each week having a different topic and trying to look at it from just a spoiler filled perspective and uh, enjoy that podcast quite a bit. Number four is the MMA Beat which I think is the best MMA podcast out there. Uh, it's basically like the sports reporters that is used to be on ESPN, or maybe it still is. I always enjoyed that show growing up where it's like just four reporters sitting a round table discussion about topics. And uh, it's very similar to that, but MMA themed and it's great. That's cool. Number three is the slash film cast, 
um, basically anything hosted by David Chen, who also does Decoding Westworld and A Cast for Kings, a Game of Thrones podcast. I think he is one of, if not the best host out there. And that is a hard job to do, as I've learned from my few years of trying to do it. I still don't think it's my strongest suit, but man, this guy is professional and makes it entertaining all the way. And they talk about movies, obviously, on that podcast. Number two, Film Junk, which is my favorite movie podcast. Uh, It's also probably the longest. Most episodes are around three hours. They really go into stuff, and they just have a great chemistry. It's more of like a monotone, kind of witty humor most of the time. But it took me... When I first started listening to podcasts, this was one of the first ones I listened to, but I didn't really like it at first, but every time I listened to it, I liked it more and more until it finally became my favorite. And number one is Rob has a podcast, uh, probably predictably, if you know me at all. It's uh, the podcast where they recap and do all, I mean, he does a bunch of podcasts, probably four or five a week, Survivor, Big Brother related, reality TV uh, really go in depth and just really great job. If David Chen's not the best host of any podcast, then Rob Sestonino certainly is. Uh, <clears throat> love it. It's the only podcast where I pay money just because I like it. I'm a patron. I give him five dollars a month to support it. Like it that much. So if you're into reality TV whatsoever, it's a must listen. I've been Ooh. talking for entirely way too long. It feels like so. Let's move on to our best TV of the year. Would you like to yeah. give us your list? All right. Well, my best TV is mostly obvious. Um, Game of Thrones, amazing. One of the best seasons, maybe if not the best. Um, Certainly up. Westworld, amazing addition to my TV lineup. <laughs> yeah. 2018, can't get here soon enough. <laughs> For many reasons. Stranger Things. Uh, well, I guess not technically TV, but it's a TV show. So oh, yeah, it counts. Um, big surprise. I don't think I like this show as much as other people do. Like, I thought it was refreshing and whatnot, but people love this show for some reason. Or yeah. not for some reason, but... <laughs> I feel you. Um, Black Mirror. I know it's not brand new, but I just got into it. New, new season awesome. this year. And then um, I wanted to give a shout-out to slightly cheating, or very much cheating. It's a channel, Viceland. I, okay. <laughs> like most of their shows, I just... Their, um, their channel is refreshing. So, yeah. Cool. Nice. So, definitely got some overlap as far as TV goes. My number 10 is The OA, which I just talked about a few episodes back. It's the new Netflix show where I could completely understand if people absolutely hate this show. Like, I get it. (laughs) It's a mess. It barely makes any sense whatsoever. But in the end, for whatever reason, I liked it. Uh, The characters, I guess, spoke to me. Maybe it was just that binge. I got caught up in it, Sense8 style. Uh, But yeah, that's my number 10. It just edged out probably Daredevil Season 2 or Luke Cage, something like that. Uh, number nine, I have Better Call Saul, season two. Thought, uh, I don't think I've watched season two yet. Oh, it's good. I think it's better than season one. And uh, 
Better Call Saul, yeah, I don't know. It's more of the same, but just I think they're kind of getting their groove. The only complaint I still have is that it's kind of two shows at once. There's like the Mike show and then the Saul show. Yeah. And uh, I just hope with season three this year they kind of can mesh it together a little bit better. But I, I have faith in Vince Gilligan. He certainly knows what he's doing. Number eight, I give The Night Of, the HBO miniseries or – or, oh yeah, uh, standalone show. Say this is an honorable mention of mine. Yeah, um, Riz Ahmed, fantastic in the main role, and just thought like the first half was incredible. Probably could have been my number one show of the year, but then the second half, while well, still good, not bad, was just yeah, two or three off. of the episodes towards the end, or what's the ending itself? Yeah, yeah, still solid, but overall just brought it down with the the second half of the season number seven is stranger things like you mentioned um i do think it's overrated but i still but it's still very good yeah um we talked about it didn't we review it yeah we reviewed it uh, yeah on an episode number six american crime story the people versus oj simpson which i forgot about this one just a great show really snuck up up on me creator of american horror story which is always a mess and never ends up working in the end. But this was actually like the opposite where that show I'm interested in the beginning and then I slowly lose interest until I stop watching. This was like, it started off, it was kind of cheesy. It was kind of over the top. And then as it went on, it actually got more serious. It seemed like, and just better. Like it seemed like as it went on, it got better and better and just a great show. And if you combine it with the ESPN documentary series, like, what a yeah. year. What a year for O.J. Simpson. <laughs> and he gets out of prison, I believe, in 2017. So <laughs> he's going to love the attention, I'm sure. Number five is probably, let's see. Yes. Nope. Sorry. Second favorite new show of the year, Atlanta on FX. Oh, yeah. You speak very highly of this. Yeah. Couldn't recommend it highly enough. I know you would love it, so... You got to catch up one day. Uh, he just, uh, Donald Glover, I remembered his name that time, won the Golden Globe last night uh, at the Golden Globes, and Atlanta won for Best Comedy Series, I believe. Wow. So happy about that. Yeah, I just love the show. It's it's funny. It's Every episode is different. It just has a, just gives you a different perspective than you're used to seeing on TV, and I can completely respect it and enjoy it at the same time. Number four is a show I thought was going to be gone from my top ten list after season three, but it's season four of Orange is the New Black. Really made a great comeback last year. I had all but given up on the show, but now I'm sucked back in. Can't wait for season five. Number three is the best new show of 2016, Westworld. You mentioned it. Absolutely. It's just so good to dive into. It's really... The perfect show for podcast listeners. I mean, theories out the gazoo, great production value, everything you could ask for in a new HBO high-profile show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely got everything. Drama, thriller. Nudity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's HBO. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, number two, Black Mirror Season 3. Uh, very close to my number one for this. Just... Definitely my favorite episode of 2016 for any show came from Black Mirror Season 3 with Zan Junipero. 
Um, oh yeah, love that episode. Yeah, and just tremendous stuff. I can't wait for the next six episodes, which come out at some point this year. Uh, we'll definitely review that when it when it does come out. But you can listen to that episode. Uh, we did a month or two ago, I believe, and I thought it turned out pretty well. But my number one television show of 2016 is Game of Thrones. It's actually the first time that Game of Thrones has been my number one, despite having better seasons. In my opinion, I think uh, one, three, and four are the best seasons, but this is right up there. This is really good. I was pleasantly surprised after coming off of season five, which I didn't like very much, but they really, they got back in the game. Uh, Some of the best episodes in the show's history were in season six. And they ended with so strongly with those last two. Oh yeah, for sure. Two of the it's it's almost cliche to say, but two of the better moments in TV TV yeah. history. I think it's definitely you can make an argument for that. And I don't know if like 2016, this was the same for movies and TV for me, where it was like a lot of good stuff, but not yeah. all, anything like over-the-top great, like The Leftover Season 2, which was my number one show from uh, 2015. Like, I didn't have that show or that movie so far uh, for this year, but but that just gave Game of Thrones a chance to have a really solid season and be number one. Yeah, for sure. This show is awesome. Yes. So from, before we get into the best movies of the year, we gotta talk about the worst Let's get the negative out early. But, uh, yeah, so worst rental of 2016. I'll go ahead and kick off the nominations. Uh, first up for me, Fantastic Four has got to be on the list. It's yes, just, it's on my list. I did a top three for this one. Okay, cool. Um, one of the worst uh, comic book or superhero movies of all time, which... Is saying something. It just was yeah. such a mess. I love, I don't say love, but I like the director based off his debut, Chronicle, another superhero movie, which. And if I remember right, I liked Miss the Cast. Yeah, you got Michael B. Jordan, Miles Teller, um, Kate Mara. Yeah, it's a really good cast. It's just a complete mess. It doesn't make any sense. It's incoherent, it's not entertaining. I understand the studio cut his legs out from under him and led to his ouster, basically, from movie making, but, man, what a bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, Alice Through the Looking Glass, which, I mean, Alice in Wonderland, the original, wasn't very great, but the sequel was just absolute trash. I mean, it's not, I don't understand. It didn't even make that much money, so what was the point? If you're going to do a sequel remake, you got to make it good. And they did not. Num- next up, Warcraft. We reviewed it on here. Uh, just, oh, yeah, this could easily be on my list. <laughs> yeah, I just absolutely hated it. Um, special effects were decent on their own, but when they tried to integrate the CGI characters with the live-action stuff, I didn't think it looked good at all. The story was bogus. Uh, it seemed like bad acting, bad everything, script level. And it's a shame because it's a director I really like in Duncan Jones. Also have Dirty Grandpa on the list. This is the 
Robert De Niro, Zac Efron joint. Yeah. Uh, trying too hard. Just trying too hard. Not funny whatsoever. The only props I can give it is that when they sent me the movie, and the only reason I watched the movie, they, like I mentioned uh, a while back, they sent it in a package that also came with like uh, a fake bottle of dick pills, a bikini top, a condom, <laughs> like... They went all out. They knew they had to do something to get people to watch it, and it worked, but I hated it. And my last nomination is Yoga Hosers, which I recently talked about as being one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. It is the Kevin Smith-directed uh, movie, Follow-Up to Tusk. It's on Netflix, I believe. Man, it's just basically about evil little sausages, and it's so cheesy, so bad special effects, bad everything uh hated that movie how about you uh i didn't see you wait wait what you say <laughs> what are your nominations oh yeah my top three like i said fantastic four is on my list um probably the best movie but i hate this movie is burnt okay <laughs> i didn't uh, see it yeah, I guess I saw this movie shortly after I stopped working at a restaurant, so maybe I was a little bit um, burnt out, salty or burnt. But no, I just thought this movie is like really pretentious, and I don't know. I could see why some people would like it, but it kind of glorifies bullcrap to me. But the worst movie of the year to me was oh, don't give it away. What? <laughs> don't give away the winner yet. I only had three. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the worst for me is Gods of Egypt. Oh, I didn't see it. I did not see it. I actually watched this after someone saying it was like really horribly bad. And I was like, it couldn't be that bad. I think I was also thinking it was a slightly different movie <laughs> going in. Like getting, uh, I forget what the other movie I watched was. It was Christopher Nolan movie. Oh, really? Yeah, the one with uh, Christian Bale uh, and Joel Edgerton. Exodus Gods and Kings. Yeah, That's yeah. a Ridley Scott movie. Oh, Ridley Scott. Yeah. Also yeah. not a good movie. I, I guess I was thinking, uh, what's this week? Is it Christian Bale? Yeah. Uh, since you already opened your envelope, I'll go ahead. Oh, sorry. Well, I just three of them. I thought it was just kind of... We're, we're working out the kinks. New format. I forgot yeah. to mention at the top. We used to do top five for every category. Now we're just doing five nominations and picking a winner. Well, yes. The winner is Yoga Hosers for me. Just, like I said, one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. So. All right. Let's move on to Best Trailer from 2016. Now, this is can be a tough category to judge because... We eventually see these movies, and it kind of, at least for me, the trailer kind of disappears once I see the movie. Yeah. But since we do pre-judgment day, I just try to go back to what I thought at the time as best I can. And I'll also keep the list updated throughout the year so that, you know, I can really, if I write it down, that means I liked it. Uh, but my nominations are 10 Cloverfield Lane, when they first announced that out of nowhere, Oh, yeah, that wasn't 2016, wasn't it? Yeah, it was at the beginning of the year. And um, it just, 
caught everyone by surprise, obviously from the email we got from Edgar, and uh, and it was good too. But the trailer, it you didn't realize. It just seemed like a movie where they're just stuck in one location, and and at the end you kind of realize, oh my god, this is a Cloverfield movie. Just yeah. a really cool reveal. Um, next up, I have Captain America: Civil War, the second trailer where Spider-Man gets his little cameo at the end. I thought that was that got me the most excited, probably that one moment of just like seeing Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man. It's still the ba- the background on my desktop computer. Yeah, this was my one honorable mention. Nice, uh, Star Wars: Rogue One, the final trailer for Rogue One. I thought did the best job of capturing the tone and to get me excited to live in that world again uh spider-man homecoming was another trailer i loved for very similar reasons to captain america civil war except he was in the whole trailer uh and logan which we talked about a little bit last week in our most anticipated list just just a cool ass trailer with the music the the tone it sets everything about it was just badass so those are my nominations not a bad list. Not a bad list. All right. My, um, the first one I'll say is Rogue One. The, I believe it was the last trailer they put out. Yeah. It really put a lot of the pieces together for me. Made me cast away most of my doubts. The little that I had. Wilson! <laughs> um, Suicide Squad. Yeah, that's not a bad pick. A movie that had awesome trailers, but didn't yeah, turn out. really fun trailers had us thinking maybe DC knew what they were doing all of a sudden, but no, <laughs> terrible movie. Um, three would be Ghost in the Shell, specifically the one where they're like putting her together or whatever. Yeah, that's the only one I saw. Um, there's like a story one, and then there's one that's more yeah. stylized. Yeah. Um. So what am I off those two? That was your third one, I believe. Dunkirk. Oh yeah, good one. That's my number two, and number one is Guardians. Two. Oh. Well, like not number one, but <laughs> I'm used to the. I keep saying the numbers, and really they aren't. <laughs> so you start top fives. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I feel you. I was lucky enough to work out the kinks on uh, the Red Belt Awards last week. So. Uh, all right, so who wants to open up their envelope first? All right, let me, let me reach in here. <laughs> and the winner is... Um, I'm actually going to give it to Rogue One. That's funny, because mine is also Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Congratulations to Rogue One. Your award is that we reviewed your movie on the last episode. <laughs> Let's see. You can see what we thought about the best trailer. Those expectations were high. Did they live up? There's only one way to find out. All right, now let's go on to another segment we do and what else we watch. So we'll talk about the best movie we watched that was not a review, main review, and was not released on Redbox in 2016. All right. You can go first. All right. I'll kick it off by saying 
Moonlight Kingdom. Nice. You love Rusty that movie. Anderson. Yeah. I, uh, I've watched this movie like five times already. Awesome. Just kind of a, uh, sort of like a background music type movie for me now. Let's put it on, do something else. Yeah. Um, Spy Games. Nice. Robert Redford, uh, Brad, Brad Pitt, Pitt movie. Yeah. Uh, really enjoyed it. Goodwill Hunting, which I finally saw. Hell yeah. Incredible. Um, I put on here the ghosts. Uh, the last two are a little bit cheating, but it works out. Um, Ghost in the Shell, I've watched like the first two movies and part of a TV series because I heard the new movie, some mashup. Um, first one, I can see why it's a classic. Um, and then my last one is The Berserk. It's another anime, but it's a. Uh, Three movies that basically sum up a whole couple seasons of a show that was made years prior. Yeah, I remember you talking about it on, on the What Else We Watched. And it's uh, it's pretty badass. It's kind of like Western-themed, like medieval times. And pretty brutal, but I don't know. There's something about it. There's a cool style. Um. I remember Scott liked it. They made one movie and then they didn't make another one for like years and then made the other two finally. Cool, yeah. So those are good. That's pretty darn good. What else we watched? I feel like my nominees are not as good as in years past. That's something else. I didn't watch as many movies in 2016 as I usually do because of the move and all that. And also I didn't watch as many classics. So I want to try to do a little more of that. But I still got a good list here. So Yeah. Yep. First up is Son of Saul, is that Holocaust movie I was talking about a few episodes back. Oh, yeah, I remember talking about that. Where it's all from uh, this guy's perspective and basically the horrors of what's going on. You can basically only see on the corners of the frame and just how it's brutal. It's a brutal movie, brilliantly made. Um, next up is World of Tomorrow, which was nominated for Best Animated Short last year at the Oscars and it's was on Netflix it's like I think it's like 15-20 minutes long and it's just this brilliant little animated short of this future where a little girl <laughs> is visited by her future self but when she's like 8 and can't comprehend anything and she's like warning of her all, the, all these dangers and it just kind of puts you in the perspective of what that would be like uh, really interesting inventive good stuff I think it's on Netflix still Next up, I got The Maltese Falcon, which Edgar mentioned in his email. And yes, that was a great film noir finally caught up with this year. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have anything specific to say other than it's a classic for a reason. And uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. And I also enjoyed the Alfred Hitchcock movie Strangers on a Train, which I watched this year. Uh, a little psychological thriller about a guy who's on a strain, bumps into a stranger, and the guy, like, tries to talk him into, you kill someone for me, I'll kill someone for you, can never get caught because there's no motive, strangers, blah, 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 blah. Great little movie. One of his best that I've seen. And lastly, Sunset Boulevard, another mm -hmm. classic I caught up on somewhat recently, and uh, 
and for whatever reason, maybe just the title of the movie, which is stupid as that sounds, like kind of kept me from watching it. But really good, another noirish type thing uh, about a writer in Hollywood who tries to find his in and then the way he does it it leads to all this other stuff happening uh, it's worth checking out also on Netflix so those are my nominations very nice and the winner is for me Son of Saul wish I would have seen it sooner because uh, I think it won best foreign language movie at the Oscars and if it did I wish I would have researched it first but if it did it was well deserved and probably would have cracked my top 10 list of last year if I had seen it in time. Very interesting. My winner is... It's pretty close. I actually really liked pretty much everything on my list, but I gotta say I wish I would have seen Goodwill Hunting years ago. Yes. <laughs> I knew... I had a feeling I was gonna win, because, man, classic. Yeah, it's hard to... I wouldn't have say Berserk, because I really enjoyed those three movies. They're really fun. Or not necessarily fun, but action movies. Uh-huh. But, and the quality's great, or the type of animation they do. But I gotta say, Goodwill Hunting was amazing. Yeah, can't argue that. I felt the same way when I finally saw it years ago. I was like, why haven't I seen this yet? Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it's also uh, like you just waited for the perfect time. True. Alright, let's move on to our genre categories. First up, best documentary. Now, of course, we didn't review any documentaries. I'm sure there are some on Redbox, but this is kind of a new category that I wanted to throw in here. A lot of stuff on Netflix and stuff like um, that. So you, You'll do the list because I have just a winner for this one. Alright, well, yeah, so. makes sense. It's a tougher category to... I love documentaries. some reason, I haven't watched many lately. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought I'd throw it on because I like adding new ca- like something new every year just to mix it up. And we don't give enough love to a, a big genre. So. Yeah, it's a shame. I love documentaries. For some reason, I just haven't been on it. Yeah. Well, there's always next year. You got a whole 365 days to make your list for the fifth <laughs> annual Redbox Awards. First up for me is 13th. This is on Netflix. It's a, a documentary directed by Ava DuVernay, director of Selma. This is the one that's about uh, black rights and just how she does such a brilliant job of comparing what's going on now to what was going on when it was in its heights, I guess, 60s or 50s. Um, and uh no that's not true right when did uh anyway like Mm -hmm. when uh i guess it's always been but when uh like martin luther king when was he assassinated and segregation was it in the worst yeah but she she does this i think a good job of giving a theory that uh you know the jail system now is basically extension of slavery and how that responds and towards the end of the movie there's a scene where it has um, old time footage overlaid with Donald Trump talking about uh, immigration and stuff like that and it's 
pretty crazy to think and hear. It sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty good. Next up is Fastball. This is much less of a significant documentary, but one I enjoyed a great deal nonetheless. Basically just goes through and talks about a bunch of different pitchers that had great fastballs and just goes to the sweet science of, you know, uh, how do they throw this hard and the history of uh, the greatest pitch known to man, uh, fastball. Pretty good. Uh, yeah, I remember you talking about this one. Yeah, I actually watched it when I think I, I had a fever and it was like the one bright spot in my day that day that I was watching this movie. Uh, next up is Amanda Knox, the true crime documentary that's on Netflix. Enjoyed it. Uh, this will give it away, but it's not my winner. But I think it has its faults. But it's still, at the end of the day, I only watched too many documentaries, and this was in the top five. Uh, also, have Oasis, Supersonic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Awesome, awesome music documentary about my favorite band. Thought it did a great job of capturing the essence of Oasis and even a couple things in here that I hadn't seen or didn't know about. And I am, like I said, a huge fan. So that was really, really cool. And lastly, Into the Inferno, another one on Netflix. Uh, it's uh, what's his fucking face <laughs> documentarian. The Dick Grizzly Man, he, uh, Werner Herzog, he directed this, another movie documentary about volcanoes, and it's super interesting, super interesting. Very cool. What's your documentary of the year first? My, well, for the sake of, I'm going to say point and shoot, even though, um, I'm pretty sure I watched it at the end of last year. It's about a guy who's actually from Baltimore. He's kind of just like socially awkward and decides he wants to be this like he's essentially like a macho man Steve Irwin kind of guy and he ends up in the Syrian revolution or the Libyan one I can't remember which and it's just this too crazy to believe almost story but there's a documentary about it Um, very cool recommend you watch it it was on netflix at one point oh cool but um my dun to the year because i only have one real nominee is before the flood okay uh, leonardo dicaprio oh okay yeah, yeah yeah documentary about global warming it was um I mean, it wasn't necessarily a whole bunch of stuff that i didn't know already but i thought it was really put well put together and explain very complicated things simply and yeah very well made cool you can go ahead and read my uh, envelope if you want (laughs) for my winner I can read yours yeah you see it there yeah yeah totally um no habla inglés ah it's Oasis Supersonic (laughs) come on everyone knew it I, I thought you were going to maybe try to be more objective, but I should have known better. Hell no. <laughs> uh, you're just lucky I didn't have it be best rental. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's probably my favorite, most enjoyable movie of the year from 2016 that I've watched, not including just the rentals. 
I mean, new movies from 2016. Just the best viewing experience I've had. I can see that. All right, let's move <laughs> on to animated feature. You got right. many of these? <laughs> um, I can make five if I yeah, want right. to sort of cheat. Cool. What are they? All right. Zootopia. Admittedly a movie I have not seen all of. <laughs> <laughs> but what you did. But Woo! it's on the list. Nice. Um, a Good Dinosaur. That stuff doesn't count. <laughs> all right. That was... I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not allowing it. Swat it. Um, Kiki's Delivery Service. That's old not, as did shit. did not come out this year, but <laughs> I just saw it, and it's a classic. That, all right, all right. Basically Studio Ghibli movies. I've watched three of them. <laughs> I haven't really watched any movies much this year, and I can't even really remember the ones we did. Jungle, the movie. Jungle Book? Huh? Jungle Book? Is that anime? I mean... The little boy's the only thing that's not. Yeah, see, I thought about putting Jungle Book on there, but I was like, I think that should be an animated movie, but I think it's considered live action. Yeah, I didn't really. It could have gone either way. I could see the argument for either one, I guess. Yeah. That's interesting, because I was thinking that, like, not that long before we started, where I was a Jungle Book, but. But yeah, sorry, I'm kind of crappy on the anime I knew you would be that's one thing I feel like we should have done a big animated episode with Finding Dory Zootopia yeah that's true but we didn't we'll get you next year animation yeah we're on the to do list (laughs) alright my my nominees are Finding Dory like I just mentioned a uh, a very fine entry in the Pixar catalog yeah. Uh, didn't love it, but it was enjoyable. Not as good as the first Finding Nemo, in my opinion, but certainly some fun. Anything Pixar does, for the most part, is going to be good. The Jungle Book did crack my nominations, even if you don't think it's, it should qualify. But And I'm not talking about you, or just in general. Um, yeah. Just thought it. they did a great job with the... I mean, they, these animals look very real, and they're 100% CGI. Um my only negative is that the kid is terrible. Uh, not a good actor at all. But all the animals, all the CGI characters are great. And uh, they're really good. Uh, anim- Remember you complaining about him? Yeah, fuck that guy. Uh, <laughs> Animalisa is my next one. This is the stop motion animation uh, movie. It's like rated R, I think. It's got... It's adult animation. It's got a sex scene that's very uncomfortable but very authentic. Uh, It's dryly funny. It's very... It's about depression. It's really well done. Really well done. Um, Kubo and the Two Strings, which is a... That should not qualify. That doesn't release on Redbox until 2017. But (laughs) that's all right. Well, I'll include it. It's off limits for next year. Uh, Kubo... It's stop motion animation again, but this was for kids. It's by Leica Studios. It's like a Asian flavor to it, borrowing from that mythology, and uh, really well made. Some cool action sequences, awesome animation, and yes, I have Zootopia, and I have seen the whole movie. It, I've seen it m- many times. Actually, you were talking about Moonlight Kingdom being like your go-to, just put it on movie. 
a couple nights this week I put Zootopia on when I need to fall asleep just like because I can't go to sleep in the silence and I don't want to put something on that I want to watch specifically so I just toss Zootopia on and it puts me right to sleep very nice which is why it's my I like my, having go to movies like that <laughs> yeah for sure which is why it's my winner because it puts me to sleep in minutes <laughs> <laughs> No, it's a great animated movie. Um, way better than I expected it to be. Um, gets better on rewatch. I think it's uh, really nice. Really nice. You should finish it. Yeah, I should. Uh, I. It's not that I don't don't like it or anything. I just fall asleep. Put it on like then. Hey, I, I can certainly understand. Or I'll like just be on my phone or so, or you know what I mean, like on the internet. Yes. Who's your winner? My winner for Best Animated would be... <laughs> I guess Kiki's Delivery Service, if I can cheat. The 1989 Redbox Awards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or really, Princess Mononoke is probably the better movie, but I liked Kiki's because I didn't think I would like it for some reason. Cool. I'll allow it because what other choice do I have? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Best action. I know you got some entries here. Give us your yeah. nominees. So I'm going best action first. Sure. All right. Best action. Spectre. James Bond. James Bond. Classic. Or Star Wars: Force Awakens. Force Awakens. Yeah. Came out on Redbox. We reviewed it for last year's awards. All right, fine. <laughs> Deadpool, which is one of those ones I could have put in comedy, but I had enough comedy, so I didn't. Yeah, I like those. Versatile, utility players. Yeah. Um, Captain America, Civil War. Oh, yeah. Star Trek Beyond. Okay. And I don't know. That's going to be it's going to be a top four because disqualified one of my <laughs> yeah. I gave it the X. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll put X Men on there just for a second. just to have a fifth nominee. Yeah. All right. Well, my nominees are Sicario, the Denny Villeneuve. Uh, I could be drama, but I decided to go action because it has like that awesome action scene over the border plenty yeah. of plenty of action in it but it uh, also have the martian um now i'm trying to figure out why i figured this was an action movie maybe i was trying to cheat because i didn't think it would make drama top five yeah um but i guess the action scene at the end <laughs> man and i had all year to prepare for this. creed is my next one um, the boxing scenes, I would say classified as an action movie, and I just really, really enjoyed the movie. Captain America Civil War, and Rogue One, a Star Wars story. There is. And the winner is, for me, Creed. Creed. Creed? Creed? Yeah. Creed does it, man. He, uh, just a classic, I think. I think it's borderline top 100 material for me I absolutely loved it one of my favorite movies from 2015 
that came out on Redbox in 2016. Oh, it was definitely, it was a great movie. Um, I expected it to be good, and it was still a big surprise for me. Yeah, absolutely. My winner is obviously X-Men Apocalypse. What? Uh, just kidding. <laughs> the late Star entry. Wars. Which one? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I got the spawn. I'll give it the bond then for Edgar. All right, good. Spectre gets a win. Spectre. <laughs> the Spectre. Red Box Spectre. action movie of the year. Put that you, on the You heard it here first. List. <laughs> yeah. Wikipedia. Put a new entry in. <laughs> All right, so moving on from action to horror. Oh, the horror, your favorite genre. Yes. <laughs> there were some decent horror movies, though, in uh, 2016. So yeah, I made the best of it. You got to. You got to do your best. I'll, I'll start it off with my nominations. Um, the Conjuring 2. This is the sequel to The Conjuring. Uh we didn't, we didn't review it on the podcast. We actually didn't review most of the ones on my list uh, for horror, but The Conjuring 2, I don't know. It wasn't quite as good as the first one. I thought the first one was a pleasant surprise, and it, it kept a lot of the same uh, qualities that the first one had, but kind of slipped a little bit, in my opinion. could have been cut by, like, 20 minutes to make it a better movie, but... Still was well done. I have The Witch, which was the period piece. Super I real. I want to see this, by Yeah, the way. you got to. It's crazy. Uh, just try to stick with it because I feel like it took me a while to get into it just because it's so realistic and the period that it's set in and the, the accents of the actors and everything. But, man, it is some dark shit. So, some of the scariest scenes, for sure, came from The Witch. Give you nightmares. Uh, Green Room, Edgar's Pick, is also on my list. This was um, one we sh- that we definitely should have reviewed on the podcast. We just didn't have time for it. Um, it's about a, a band who plays at a Nazi bar uh, because I guess you know they're looking for shows. They need they get an offer. They figure they'll do it even if they don't agree with everything that's going on. And shit happens where they get locked in the green room and all hell breaks loose and they have to try to escape. And it doesn't sound like a horror movie, but it it's scary. It's very more of a horror thriller, but it, when you see it, you can see why it's a horror movie. Yeah. I, I saw it was pretty highly rated on the uh, list, the Redbox releases. Yeah. Certainly worth a watch. Also have Don't Breathe, which is kind of similar. It's a little bit of a thriller at the same time. We reviewed it not too long ago. Um, so, yeah, check that out. And The Shallows, the shark movie. I mean, that's um, scary shit to put yourself in her perspective, and I thought it was way better than I expected it to be. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. But my winner, I have to agree with Edgar. It's Green Room. Uh, wow. It's worth watching. Uh, it's close between Green Room and The Witch for me, but... I think Green Room is just more solid overall. The Witch scared me more, but Green Room is the winner. How about you? All right. I have a – I made this a top three just so I wouldn't really just be lying to you. (laughs) That's fair. I'm already halfway doing it. But um, Don't Breathe. Got that one on there. Not bad. 
Not a bad movie, actually. Uh, the Visit. I tried to watch. I didn't like it very much, but it's on the list. Nice, nice. And slightly a um, a stretch. It's not really a horror movie, but it is a horror themed like romance, um, Crimson Peak. Okay, yeah. And I think clearly Crimson Peak is my winner. All right. Um. Also, I guess we'll say later, but one of my better surprises of the year. Cool. Uh, episode we did with Edgar, actually. Yeah, we reviewed that in Spectre, and that was a lot of fun. And, yeah, I agree. Uh, Crimson Peak was much better than I expected it to be. All right, so from horror, you know what we have to go to next. Let's have some laughs. It's best comedy. What are your um, nominations? All right. It's a hard uh, genre to review because there's not a whole lot you can say, but still one of my favorite um, types of movies to watch. Yeah. All right. I'll go first. The Big Short. Not necessarily a comedy, but it is a funny movie, so it's in there. I really liked it. Yeah. I'll out. Um, Hail Caesar. A musical uh, is it I don't know is it supposed to be a comedy or is it just oh fun? yeah I think it's supposed yeah to be a I was gonna say very good um, Swiss Army Man which is a comedy but if you really think about it it's kind of dark <laughs> yeah um the nice guys and I put it the night before on there because I, I didn't mind that movie actually I can understand cool. And the winner is. And the winner is. Damn. I can't <laughs> do it nice guys. Nice guys. Nice guys. Yeah, I love that. Definitely a refreshing movie. I sort of rewatched it. I fell asleep at some point halfway through, but I definitely was enjoying it a lot more in my second one. Go through. Good. I'm glad because, yeah, I absolutely love that movie, which leads me to my list. The Nice Guys is my first nominee. Uh, yeah, like you said, super funny, but also just a great movie at the same time. Gosling and Crow, their chemistry is amazing. Especially yeah. love Gosling in that role. Um, also have The Night Before, like you said. That made my list. I think I was better than it probably had any right to be. Yeah. Uh, Michael Shannon gives a great little cameo. Uh, yeah, just a funny Christmas movie or holiday-themed movie. Also have... Pop star never stop, never stopping, which is oh. the uh, music uh, parody with Adam Samberg, wait Andy Samberg, and and the gang, and uh, super funny. Definitely was better than I expected it to be. And the songs are great. The songs are hilarious. Um, yeah, and my last two nominees are two movies that. We should have reviewed on the podcast. First up, Everybody Wants Some, the Richard Linklater movie. Uh, basically like a pseudo-sequel to Dazed and Confused where a kid shows up at college. He's on the baseball team and basically just follows his first weekend uh, on campus and getting to know his surroundings and chasing a girl and all that kind of stuff. And The Lobster, 
which I want to see. Yes, it's we. I think it might even be worth doing like a late review for that. Once you do see it, we'll see what you think at the time. But yeah, just fantastic. It's so uh, weird. It's so dry. But man, it's absolutely hilarious. Uh, it gets better the more I think about it. I'd love to rewatch it. I feel like I would get much more of the jokes. And, um, yeah, just a brilliant, brilliant movie. So, really, the three in competition for my win were Nice Guys, Everybody Wants Some, and The Lobster. But I had to go with Everybody Wants Some as the winner. Just for whatever reason, Linklater, sometimes his movies can just hit that perfect note and uh, like Boyhood did, for, Boyhood did for me, and Everybody Wants Some did it this year. It's currently probably my number one 2016 release. Wow. Yes, yes, indeed. From comedy, we'll put the other mask on. Our best dramas of the year are up next. Okay. I guess uh, I'll go first, and I'll. Shit. Does that make me second? <laughs> yeah, I think so. You did your comedies, right? Yeah. I'm not just blown past you. No. <laughs> um, yes, that's right. You had the nice guys. I apologize. Best drama. I've been doing that too, by the way, where I'm like, did I? Or... <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Room. Room is my first nominee for best drama. Ooh, good one. Steve Jobs is in the running. Spotlight. The Hateful Eight, and The Revenant. Wow. Pretty big, pretty good crop of films right there. But the winner is... Spotlight. Good. It's a good flick. Yeah, just that one really, really got me. Um, Super well made. I like the procedural aspect of just how they found their story and every step they took to get to the point that they did really really yeah, actually um it's kind of like the wire really the way the story builds sort of reminded me of oh really yeah man i gotta watch the wire <laughs> i'm surprised you don't have the wire as your best drama <laughs> it <is>. show. <laughs> how'd you know <laughs> what's your nominees Alright, mine is slightly different. Um, but the first one, my first nominee is Spotlight. Okay. Uh, we're going over it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my second is 10 Cloverfield Lane. I put it more as a drama than a... Yeah, I whatever. could see that, for sure. Most of the movie. Yeah. First 85%. My third is The Hateful Eight. My fourth is Trumbo. Still haven't seen that. I really liked it. I like the Red Scare era. Yeah. Brian Cranston's um, always good. And fifth, I give to Creed. Nice. Because I don't know. I mean, I guess you could say maybe that's not a drama, but. Uh, drama, action, either way. Yeah. And the winner is. And the winner goes to The Hateful Eight. Nice. I know you love that movie. Probably one of my highest rated movies I've seen in a while. 
Awesome. Like the, the big scale. See your favorite Tarantino movie? I think so. Nice. I'd like to rewatch some of the other ones I haven't seen in a long time. But I think it might be my favorite. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait till his next movie. Speaking of that, don't know. Is the next one his last? I think he's made eight movies now, so I think he's got two more if he sticks to. Yeah, I was going to say. I know he announced like how many he was going to make or something. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about our biggest disappointments of the year. Uh, This is always a tough. Uh, category because it sucks to be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> What's your nominees? Warcraft. First and foremost. Oh, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Because even with the expectation of it being a bad video game movie, it's still, the trailers and production quality look surprisingly good. So, yeah, fuck Warcraft. Fuck <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Big time. The Hunger Games. Episode 2 of Movie 3. <laughs> <laughs> um, ended up being a big disappointment for us. We were very hopeful. Or, yeah, wasn't that good. No. <laughs> I tried to take it off the list, but no. Suicide Squad, number 3. Huge disappointment. Huge. Um, Fantastic Four. Number four. <laughs> Fittingly. I put um, Ted 2. Because I didn't think it would be great, but it was bad. I don't think I ever saw it, actually. I guess I didn't miss much. but Yeah. <laughs> I also had Gene got a gun on there as a backup, but... It wasn't bad, but yeah, it was certainly not as good as I the trailer. It was be better. Yeah, for sure. And the winner? And the winner goes to. I gotta say, Suicide Squad. I can see it, man. That movie. And sucked. even though I kind of like Suicide Squad a little bit better than most people did, but that's not saying much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good pick there. I'll go through mine now. See, I don't... Like, my first example, right off the bat, Midnight Special. This is a movie that I liked, that I would recommend. I think I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. But it's from my one of my favorite directors, Jeff Nichols. And I just really expected it to be much better. I came in with super high expectations. My favorite director finally getting a bigger budget, doing a sci-fi movie. And it was just good to borderline very good. That's a disappointment. Also, X-Men Apocalypse, which, uh, I mean, X-Men Days of Future Past was so good. Really, really good. One of the best ones they've done. And this was bringing in Apocalypse, the biggest, baddest villain in town. Uh, Brian Singer is still back. Uh, He hadn't made a bad X-Men movie to date. And I still get some enjoyment out of Apocalypse. There's plenty of stuff I like about it. But man, that movie was a big disappointment. Apocalypse was like enough for it to hang themselves with. Yeah. I don't know what went on there. How I don't know how this movie was made the way it was. Just a complete mess. But like I said, still had good things about it. 
also have Deadpool. Just because Deadpool was always one of my favorite characters when reading the comic books. Um, was always hoping they would make a Deadpool movie. Even when the trailers and TV spots were hitting and I was like, I don't know about this. Still in the back of my head, I'm like, but it's Deadpool. And then it started getting good reviews and it made a ton of money. And I finally watch it and it was just meh. Look yeah, cheap. I, I was going to say, it's not a bad movie. But. I don't hate it as much as, as Edgar, but it just looked and felt cheap. It wasn't as funny as it thought it was. And Our cousin Charlie, I was texting him yesterday, actually, and he says it's his favorite movie of the year. Really? <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't. Or he, at least he loved it. I don't know if it was his favorite movie of the year. but uh, Just, I, I guess I get it. A lot of people like it a lot, but I don't know. For me, it didn't work. Next up, The Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 2, or Episode 2 of Part 3, as you so beautifully said it. <laughs> uh, yeah, we both said Mockingjay Part 1 was a big disappointment, but we're sure they'll they'll knock Part 2 out of the park. No, they didn't. Uh, if you put them together and cut out the bad stuff, maybe you have a much better movie. We'll never know, because they went for the almighty dollar instead. Yep. And lastly, Sausage Party. This was the R-rated animated movie by Seth Rogen about cussing uh, produce and how they act when they face the realities of a situation where they're going to be killed and eaten. And it just was so lazy in relying on, oh my God, look, it's an animated movie saying bad words. Oh my God. Look, yeah. it's, it's uh, cultural stereotypes. Like, it just, there was no jokes. I don't mind the vulgarity by any means, but when that's all you have, it's just empty vulgarity. It, I don't know. It wasn't terrible. I still appreciated some stuff about it, but the potential was there for much better. Gotcha. But the winner for me is Deadpool. I just don't see the appeal that much and I think actually the more I think about it the less I like it I think I gave it a 6 out of 10 when we reviewed it I'd probably go lower than that now wow just thinking about it. maybe it deserves a rewatch I'm sure it will be on cable so oh yeah that'll be a perfect FX yeah spike yeah. yeah maybe it deserves a rewatch but man I was super disappointed but Let's talk about the movies we were pleasantly surprised by. And my first nomination is The Walk. This was the Robert Zemeckis movie about uh, a remake of the documentary about Jacques Tati, who walked across the the uh, two towers, right? Wasn't it? Yeah. The um, World Trade Center. That's them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this movie was getting mediocre. I heard reviews. I heard some bad things about it. I heard, like, the only good thing about it was the actual walk, which, yes, that was great. But I actually oh, enjoyed sure. I enjoyed uh, the whole movie more than I thought I would. Uh, JGL's accent didn't get too much in the way. It was a, it was a good story. Also... Pop star, never stop, never stopping. I thought the trailers looked stupid. Uh, I never watched SNL, really, so I don't know too much about Andy Samberg. 
and his little islands or uh, whatever his little group is. I can't even remember what they're called, but uh, or Lonely Island, I think is what it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Never really been into them. I do like some of the the shorts, like Jizz in My Pants, Dick in a Box. Those are good, but man, I was pleasantly surprised by Popstar because the songs were great. Uh, hilarious. Just said that a couple categories ago, but it's true. Uh, yeah, it's worth a look. Uh, next up, Bridge of Spies, the Steven Spielberg movie starring Tom Hanks. Um, just, it seemed the trailers were not doing it for me. Even though it was Spielberg and Hanks, it just seemed too dull, too dry, too by the books, going for awards, it seemed. Yeah. But I liked it a lot, actually. Uh, really thought Mark Rylance was great as the spy. Excuse me. And uh, Tom Hanks, good as always, but just a different kind of character than we're used to seeing. Um, yeah, just a great movie. Spectre was another surprise for me, just because of how bad the reviews were. Yeah. It was not a bad movie. It was a pretty good action movie. I had no problems with it. The only problem I have is that the the theme song won the Oscar for best song. That is not a good song. <laughs> and my last best surprise is The Shallows, which I mentioned earlier. I mean, it's a freaking movie about a shark. I don't know. Blake Lively, of all people, just seemed like... It was destined for B-movie status, but no, it's a really solid little thriller. Enjoyed every second of it. And Blake Lively uh, in a swimsuit on a surfboard doesn't hurt either. Yeah, it's sold right there. <laughs> but my winner is Bridge of Spies. Yep, it I is. I love that movie. So yeah, it's really good. I believe that'll be on my list as well. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. All right. My nominees for biggest surprise are Sicario, a movie I thought would be good, but I didn't realize I would like that much. Bridges mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Spies, Creed, uh, another similar situation. I thought it'd be good, but it was really good. Crimson Peak, mm-hmm. which I just really didn't know anything about it, and. Um, my other big surprise was oh I put Trumbo in there again because I just I thought it was going to be more boring than it was yeah that's the kind of why I haven't watched it yet <laughs> it's uh I mean don't get me wrong it's all dialogue and character stuff but it's more interesting than you think it'd be cool it's on uh, Amazon Prime so I'll have to check it out soon yeah the acting's really good too I had no doubt about that. But, but my biggest surprise of the year was also Bridge of Spies. Nice, nice. We're simpatico. I love it. All right. But yeah, I felt exactly the same way. It was just, it didn't, I was interested in seeing it, but it wasn't doing nothing for me really. Yeah. It's one of those ones where I sat down to watch and I'm like, all right, here goes Bridge of Spies. Yeah. And then like, Ten minutes in, I'm like hooked, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm actually invested in this movie." Yeah. So uh, let's move on to a category which 
I can confidently say, at least for myself, like best score slash soundtrack, at least score wise, not something that I can always pick out on a first viewing. Yeah. This is one where I rely on podcasts that I listen to to either point out a good score or, you know, play samples of it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that is really good. And it will bring me back to the scene that the music was playing with at the movie. But at the time, I didn't notice stuff like that. But if I do notice a score on my first viewing, that means it must have been great. Yeah. But uh, also included uh, soundtrack just because I don't feel confident enough to speak about scores specifically. So, like, you know, I'll go ahead and say Straight Outta Compton is the nomination for me just because all that great music that is coursing through the veins of the movie throughout. Um, yeah, it's almost like part of the story. Yeah, and also I'll say Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping. I mentioned it, how good the songs were a lot, and that's why it's on this list. Also, Sing Street, which is a movie I would recommend to people. It's on Netflix, I believe, right now. And this is a, a story of an Irish kid who his parents are having struggles and I think he has to move to like a, a lower class schooling system. Uh, but anyway, he starts a band because he tries to impress a model that he wants to try to date. And basically it's just this band getting together, but the music they, they put out is pretty great. And actually the intro to this episode of the podcast was my favorite song from the soundtrack uh, Drive It Like You Stole It and yeah, mm. definitely worth checking out I have Sicario as well um, I just remember it setting the mood of the movie very well as well as The Hateful Eight which did a very similar thing Yeah, but my winner is Sing Street um, nice. I wouldn't put it as the intro music unless I loved it so that's why it's the winner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I didn't think about doing best soundtrack included, so I did a best top three. Yeah, my bad. I should have made that more clear. Yeah, I remember thinking about it doing the list, but whatever. So my nominees are The Hateful Eight. Nice. Bridge of Spies. Nice. And Hail Caesar. Nice. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So but what's my the winner? winner is? It's honestly the hateful eight. Yeah, it is good. It is really good. It's and it's the only one I can really kind of remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I was going strictly on scores, that probably would be my winner too. So cool. good job. Let's move on to visual effects. What are your nominations? My nominations, since Star Wars is out, it's going to meet another top three, but that's all right. Set effects. Put Rogue One Captain in there. Captain America, instead. Civil War. Rogue One is eligible. Is it? Rogue One's on there. That's why we reviewed it first. <laughs> Rogue One, Captain America, Civil War. Deadpool, actually, because I did think the action Oof. scenes. I would... Vehemently oh, disagree. No, I gotta say the characters didn't look like the yeah. big male guy. It's fine. Great. 
I disagree, but it's not, this isn't the review episode, so go on. Sure. X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah, that's pretty good. And, I don't know, if I had to pick another one, Star Trek. Cool. Yeah, I have Star Trek. Oh, sorry. Go ahead with your winner. <laughs> All right, so my winner is Captain America Civil War. Nice. <laughs> like I was saying, I have Star Trek Beyond on my list, as well as Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, Captain America, Civil War, The Jungle Book, which, I mean, they have people debating whether it's live action or animation. Must be a pretty good job of that animation. True. And The Martian, which really... <laughs> did they film on Mars? I can't remember. Yeah, I was about to say, I didn't, that's why I didn't even think of that one, to be honest. <laughs> and it's my winner, because my God. Yeah, no, I, mean, I can't argue with that. Yeah, great, great stuff right there. To be honest, Star Wars may have won mine, but I think it was just so fresh on my brain that... Yeah. I probably started making the list before. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. So next up, we got best cinematography. We got the who's using the best camera angles, the best camera tricks, just the best picture quality. Um, I guess I'll kick it off with my list. I have Sicario. Um, I do as well. Yes, just great work, uh, getting low to the ground and really puts you in that frame of mind. I also have The Martian here as well. Um, yeah, yeah, I just think some, <laughs> some of like the wide shots are beautiful. That's when it really tricks you into thinking they filmed on Mars. Uh, yeah, great job there. I have The Revenant because, awesome. my God, <laughs> The Revenant. Uh, yeah. Some, like a lot of long takes and just putting you completely in Leonardo DiCaprio's perspective. Beautiful lighting. Yeah, natural lighting. The scene that sticks out to me is in the beginning when it's they f get attacked by the Indians and arrows are flying and the camera's swooping around and catching all these different things just in time. You know, just great, great stuff. Also, Creed is on my list. I The scene that sticks out to me with Creed is when he's walking out to the ring. It starts from uh, backstage and it just follows him. Well, as he walks down through the crowd into the ring, thought that was an awesome shot, and it was really good in general. There's a long take boxing match scene that's like eight or ten minutes long or something. Also have the Hateful Eight as well. Yeah, great job there by Mr. Tarantino. But the Revenant is my clear number one, clear winner. Yeah. Can't I say basically have the same list as you. <laughs> All right, but. It is The Revenant, Sicario, Hateful Eight, The Martian, and Star Wars Rogue One. All right, yeah, that's good too. <laughs> but uh, the winner is same, The Revenant. Yeah, beautiful. how could you not? Seriously. Although I gotta say, the Hateful Eight cinematography wise is pretty close. I like their cuts. Yeah, it's a little more subtle, but very good. Yeah. Like it's sort of intrinsic or whatever into the story. Yeah, I how agree. everything goes. Um, That's a movie yeah, for as, as long yeah. as the Hateful Eight is. It's so rewatchable. 
Yeah. You know. I like how all the breadcrumbs are around, like, after you know everything that happens, after you see it the first time, you can see that all the little things were already there. Yeah. Yep. Master Craftsman. All right, let's get to another new category for this year. Best Scene, which I had a lot of fun with. Um, Basically stole this from Film Spotting Podcast, but hey, you take from the best to put out a mediocre product. Hold up. Okay. I didn't do this. (laughs) That's okay. Uh, Maybe I forgot to run it by you or... Maybe. I remember you mentioned it at some point, and maybe I just didn't it's absorb po- it. As <laughs> yeah, it's possible I didn't gospel. put it on the list I sent you, but man, that's a big error on my part. But and it is a tough one to figure out because it, you really have to think about it. Yeah, I think I would have spent the most time on that. Yeah, but all right. Well, I'll give you mine in preparation for next year's list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my right. first nominee is the border shootout. In Sicario, when they first go over the border into Mexico, and it's like really tense. Oh, yeah. It starts real subtle, and then all of a sudden, this firefight breaks out, and yeah, just fantastic stuff. Next up, I have Steve Jobs versus Scully in the 1988 timeline for Steve Jobs. This was the argument or like a dialogue piece that played out like an action set piece just how back and forth it was and it raises your heart rate as it goes on really enjoyed that well put together the bear attack from the revenant is on my list because that was crazy oh yeah that was awesome like i mentioned earlier the one shot boxing match in creed is on my list just brilliant how how they did that really brought you in on the action and made you you know, duck and dive and throw your own punches along with him. And also the escape from room when they finally make their way out of that entrapment. Uh, pretty thrilling and edge of your seat to see if they're going to make it or not. But my winner is Creed, the one-shot boxing match. I got to agree with you there. We'll that is just an awesome, awesome scene. Uh, next up. We have best director. You want to give us? Let's do it. Your shit. So I go first. Yeah, go ahead. All right, Quentin Tarantino, Hateful Eight. Um, Spielberg, Bridge of Spies. God, I can't say this guy's name. Um, the guy from The Revenant, Alejandro. Alejandro Inarritu. Gonzalez in. Inarritu. In your Ryan Kugler. Kugler? Yeah. Creed. And well, I put JJ from Star Wars, but I could do um who's the director from the Martian? Ridley Scott. Yes. Ridley Scott. I always forget that he made that movie. I, I keep thinking he's like was executive producer because that's how that stuff usually is. Yeah, he makes a lot of movies and they're not always the same type of movie. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so who's your best director? My best director is... QT? What? QT? QT. 
yeah, close, but I, yeah, actually, I think I like The Hate Boy as a movie better. All right. Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino takes it. I have a list of um, who has the most awards in the in the history of the Redbox Awards lifetime. I'm trying to get it up here. And but yeah, I think this might be Quentin Tarantino's first Redbox Awards. Redbox Award. Really? It could be. Uh, yes, Redbox Awards stats. Let's see. Um, yes, it is. It is indeed. Wow. Histor- cherry <laughs> Historic night here. Yeah, definitely. Making history. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll give my uh, my nominees. Quentin Tarantino is also a nominee for me for the Hateful Eight. Richard Linklater. For everybody wants some. Danny Boyle for Steve Jobs. Tom McCarthy for Spotlight. And Ryan Coogler for Creed. Very nice. This, winner is <laughs> the winner is this is Richard Linklater's third nomination of a Red Box Award. But he's not the winner. I agree with Edgar. It's Ryan Coogler for Creed. I just think he did such a great job on what could easily have just been another Rocky sequel. He made it culturally relevant. He made it from a different perspective. He made it very, very well. Like I said, he had Scene of the Year. He was nominated for Cinematography of the Year. Just a great all-around job by Mr. Kugler. Can't wait to see more from him. Yes, yes. All right, so moving on to the acting categories and first up is best supporting actress this is the first acting category and i believe you had a tougher time with this than the others yes um i think mostly from like i said i had all my notes in different this file and this piece of paper and that when I got it all together, I didn't have it. <laughs> it's all good, but who is your winner for best? My supporting? winner is Jennifer Jason Lee from the Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight is just cleaning Which up is, at this award yeah. ceremony. Eating up the charts. <laughs> uh, all right, so I'll give my nominations, and Jennifer Jason Lee is nominated on my end of the spectrum, as well as Rachel McAdams for Spotlight, Kate Winslet. For Steve Jobs, Tessa Thompson for Creed, and Rachel Weiss for The Lobster. Um, and I'll just come out and say Ra- Rachel Weiss for The Lobster is my winner. Um, she's not in, obviously, it's supporting actress. She's not in a ton of the movie. More in the second half she shows up, but she does a really, really great job, as well as everyone in the movie does. But let's go from supporting actress to supporting actor. And my nominees are Benicio Del Toro for Sicario, Sylvester Stallone for Creed, John Goodman for 10 Cloverfield Lane, Leave Schreiber in Spotlight. I thought he was the best of a great supporting cast there. And Tom Hardy for The Revenant. 
And the winner is a surprise. It's John Goodman for 10 Cliverfield Lane. Ooh. Where is his Oscar buzz at this year? Maybe because the movie came out too soon, but I thought he was great in that movie. Yeah, he's like menacing in a kind of passive way. Yeah. What's your nomination? Thank you, thank you. I really appreciate that. My my list is Tom Hardy, The Revenant. Okay. Sly Stallone, Creed. All right, I'm not going to lie. I had to look this guy's name up. Mark Rylance. Oh, yeah, yeah. The guy from Bridge of Spies. Absolutely. He won the Oscar. Did he? Yeah. He beat Uh, out Stallone, I believe. Very cool. Um, Benicio Del Toro. Sicario. And John Goodman, Cloverfield Lane. Nice. And the winner is... The winner is... Tom Hardy, Revenant. Beautiful. Yeah, that's a pretty good performance. Yeah, I thought he was... Not that he was overlooked, but... Leo did a pretty good one, too. Whatever. Yeah. Alright, so let's go to Best Actress from there. Main performance in a movie... Who do you got? For Emily Blunt, Sicario. For sure, for sure. Um, sorry, it's Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Cloverfield Lane. Yep. <clears throat> Brie Larson from Room. And um, yeah, I'm just going to make it a top three because I had Daisy Ridley. And, yeah, that's um, never good. You had her last year. Things like, uh, I don't know, not on there. And the winner is? And the winner is Emily Blunt, Sicario. Nice. This is her third nomination and first win for Emily Blunt. I believe she had a couple of nominations for Edge of Tomorrow couple years ago so she's very very excited for this honor and I'll go ahead and make it four nominations for Emily Blunt because she's on my list as well right just does a great job great great she's just a great actress one of my favorites I also am giving Belle Pally from the diary of a teenage girl a nomination Mary Elizabeth Mary Elizabeth Winstead for 10 Cloverfield Lane Brie Larson for Room, and Saoirse Ronan from Brooklyn. And I agree with the Academy, though. Brie Larson gets my vote. I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah, I mean, just a devastatingly raw performance. Um, Yeah, it's brilliant. Now, best actor, who do you got? Yeah. Who's your main man? Mine. Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Revenant. Nice. Johnny Depp. Black Mass. Brian Cranston. Trumbo. Tom Hanks. Bridge of Spies or Sully. Yeah, either one. Both. And... 
Matt Damon the Martian. Okay, we only have one crossover there, but what is your best actor? My best actor, I'm going to give it to Brian Cranston, Trumbo. Nice. Now I really want to check it out. Should. Yeah. Uh, my only one that you had was Matt Damon from The Martian. I mean, you just have to. So charismatic. Uh, oh, yeah. He could have won. Don't get me wrong. But I just sort of looked at it like he was sort of being Matt Damon. But it fit. Yeah, for sure. I also have Colin Farrell for The Lobster, Ryan Gosling for The Nice Guys, Michael Fassbender in Steve Jobs, and Michael B. Jordan in Creed. Oscars might, be, Oscars might be so white, but not this award show. Anyway, <laughs> Michael, Fassbender, <laughs> Michael Fassbender for Steve Jobs is my winner. Just thought he really, really captured, if not like the perfect voice of Steve Jobs, but just the essence of Steve Jobs. I feel like he really connected with that character. And, uh, yeah, I agree. He did it really, really well. Really, really loved that performance. Which leads us to the big one. Best rental oh, man. of the year. What you've been waiting for. Yes. What are your nominees? Up to ten are allowed in Best Rental. All right. I have The Martian. Straight out of Compton. Nice. They had to make it something. <laughs> yeah, know. I gave it the score. <laughs> um, Beautifully <hatefully>. composed. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the Hatefully. The Nice Guys. Black Mass. Spotlight. The Big Short and Trumbo. Okay. Well, good and list. The winner for Best Rental 2016 goes to The Martian. <sighs> what I think up- it's all around the most enjoyable movie. What an upset. I had so, I had Big money on the Hateful Eight. I am in serious trouble. I have got to get out of the state. <laughs> <laughs> you would think it, it stole the show elsewhere. It was one of the rare cases where the lead-up just didn't pay through. Wow. Martian, yeah, it's a good movie for sure. Did not make my list of ten. Wow. But it was so. very. it was probably like 11 or 12. I tried to mix it up. Give some blockbusters, some some medicine, some dramas. Try to give, spread the love around. But my nominees are Sicario, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, Captain America, Civil War. More people are going to watch my uh, nominees. (laughs) Spotlight, Steve Jobs, Creed, The Hateful Eight, the Lobster, The Nice Guys, and Everybody Wants Some. And the winner, the winner is... Let's put the spotlight on Spotlight. Oh! <laughs> Same winner as the Oscars. They got it right for once. Uh, absolutely. Bob did not give in to the county demands. <laughs> no way. They tried to pay me off this... <laughs> really... 
the money they were offering me was the only way I could withstand losing that bet on the hateful eight, but I said no. I will not I'll give it. Put in. my foot down here. Charles <laughs> You've been caught red-handed, and now I'm promoting you and reassigning you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I love Spotlight. It's definitely in my top 100 of all time. I could see it working its way up even higher than it is. Uh, fantastic movie. And hopefully 2017 just brings about even more movies like it. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> <laughs> I hope more movies don't come out like Spotlight. It's serious societal issues. That's true. But with uh, our new president, I'm sure we'll be getting all kinds of uh, good art from the... Oh, uh, yeah, it'll be a, a gold mine. Yeah, absolutely. So The next two and a half to three years. <laughs> Cross fingers. Yeah. So thanks for listening to this absolute mess of an award show. It wouldn't be an award show. We're, we're rivaling the Golden Globes. Yeah. <laughs> Just above the Golden Globes right now. <laughs> But yeah, I, I had a lot of fun putting these lists together and doing this podcast. So thanks for listening all year long. And if you this is your first podcast, thanks for listening to this. We'll yeah. be back in 20... Well, it is 2017, but we'll be back in the rest of 2017 with the lead-up to the 5th Annual Redbox Awards. Stay tuned. <laughs> yes. But as always, you can email the podcast, theredboxreport at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at the Redbox Report. I'm on Twitter at the Oriole Report. I'm on Twitter at Redbox Reporter. Like us on Facebook. Rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And until next time, congratulations. She want me to fuck her harder than the military Fuck Bin Laden Fuck Bin Laden Fuck Bin Laden She wanted to fuck me was a freaky kind of girl kept up on current events from all around the world more specifically one event the time osama bin laden got shot in the head she said do me like that but i couldn't track the metaphor that said i can see you horny like a stegosaur that said again your request is so irregular she put on a beard i started looking at the exit door then a turban then a tunic she said invade my cave with your special unit i said he wasn't in a cave but there was no stopping she demanded that i fuck her like we fuck bin laden Fuck Bin Laden, she wanted to fuck me harder than the U.S. government, fuck Bin Laden, this girl requested intercourse to bring in a climax with the clinical efficiency of the assassination of Bin Laden, you're harboring a fugitive, that Justice will be punitive I'm a smash Night vision They could see us through my GoPro She tried to negotiate I say that's a no-no Now I'm creeping in her bedroom like Go, go She tells me to go, go Then looks down and says I gotta Terrorize that pussy Gotta terrorize that pussy So I did it 
improvise some crazy shit Seal Team 69, sex acute in the hit She said you finished me off, now throw my body in the ocean I yelled Geronimo, then took some pictures for posting The president called, he said congratulations Connor I said Mr. President, to what do I owe this honor? He said come give me the deets in the White House garden I got to know how you fucked her like we Fuckin' Laden Fuckin' Laden Bin Laden <gasps> Damn